Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, playoff edition style. John here, a representation of Hannah, is here as well in studio this week. And so Hannah obviously still a little under the weather. So we have decided to go two-dimensional, or three-dimensional with me, and then two-dimensional with Hannah. Although you will hear here, you will hear Hannah. This is the Hannah representation that we have this week. It is the, the cardboard version where she is in... I don't know. Is that, is that two? Commander Sandy, is that one dimension or two? Uh, it looks... Is, car, is cardboard one dimension or two dimensional? Well, I guess because it's flat, it's one Okay, so one, but one dimensional. But she looks two dimensional there. Yeah, see, I because she's that. sitting in the chair, it looks two dimensional. So she's. <laughs> I a mean, di- how does she look? That's the most she important looks good. part. How does she, she looks look? looks good. Styling and profiling, as always. <laughs> That's how, of course, she looks. And there's Hannah. Uh, you know, obviously you're under the weather and we want to keep you in as complete and total healthy health as humanly possible. So, uh, glad that you're with us this week. We've got a pretty stacked show, but what's on your mind? Yeah, we've got two great guests to talk to today. I think we should just, you know, let them be secret. We'll, we'll build the anticipation. We're going to talk first round playoffs. We're going to talk upset. What's to come for their teams? Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to talk to these two coaches while we also talk first round of playoffs. And I think we can just start by recapping our game, John. It was yep. the 5A first round showdown between number seven coffee and number five Creekside. The Seminoles pulled it out 36 to 27. I unfortunately was not on the broadcast, but John, give us your biggest takeaways from that one. Biggest takeaway once again is that you got to see the defensive Creekside come through and coffee came in a little shorthanded. A lot of their star power wasn't uh, available turned into a, a bit of a defensive battle and it was uh, coffee was having problems offensively having problems that was kind of stop start and I think you can say a lot about Maurice Dixon's defense there for Creekside and it was uh, fairly dominant 2010 in the fourth quarter coffee scores to make it 20 to to uh, 18 and then there's the late score that puts it out of reach for Creekside so Creekside advances and uh, Region 1's uh, coffee disappears from the playoffs after the first round. So they go on and, and start their offseason. Creekside makes it to the second round as we're looking at things in 5A. I know that you all have your brackets ready and are filling them out as we go. Upper left-hand corner is where we were. Creekside, your number two team out of Region 3 after losing to Woodward Academy. Knocks off coffee 28-18. Creekside gets St. Pius the region champ out of Region 5, and I know that's still a sore point for Commander Sandy, but Creekside has to go to Pius next week, second round of the playoffs, Hannah. Yeah, I want to break down these brackets, especially 5A, but let's get into some of the other ones first. The first round of the playoffs is in the books. 11 ranked teams were mm-hmm. knocked out of competition, John. According to the GHSF Daily, top five teams went 40-0, and 0, yep. but those other top 10 struggled, including four region champs losing and a team that was ranked number one just three weeks ago in Jefferson. So, John, let's go down each classification's bracket. I've got my brackets out. I got mine. I want your biggest surprises and biggest takeaways from each. Okay. And let's just go chronologically. Let's start with 7A. Sure. 
All right, so 7A, I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise, but m- might be the margin would be the surprise with Walton knocking off Colquitt as, as well, well as they did 41-17. Walton was in control from the absolute beginning, winning by oh, 24 yeah. in Moultrie. I think that that's the one that everyone's looking at when it comes to 7A. Yeah, that, that score, it's not a surprise that they beat Colquitt. It's the score. I mean, they they got him pretty handedly, 41-17. Mm-hmm. So let's see, 6A, and we can take it one of two ways. We can look at the four seeds that knocked off the ones, and so you could probably say Johns Creek would have some merit as a four seed knocking off Rome 31-27. Douglas County is a four, very stout defensive team, traditionally knocks off Riverwood by the score of 24-17. So we've cruised through the rest of that, and I think that those are probably the two that are on the board. The fact that Brunswick put 60 on Tucker at home might be another one to talk about there as well, but I think the two four seeds getting through in 6A. Yeah, you said you were going to write maybe your blog on that this week? Yep, the the four seeds that made their way through. So Mm -hmm. we'll be keeping an eye on those four seeds. So if you're a four seed and you won... Expect a phone call from me. So that's that's how this is going to go this <laughs> Lots week. Lots of phone calls going out. <laughs> yep. So 5A, probably Lithia Springs knocking off Appalachie 30-27 as a 3-2. So Lithia Springs getting their first win in the playoffs, I want to say, in 60 years, something like that. And uh, so Lithia Springs advancing. They get Whitewater, and then obviously folks are anticipating what's going to happen lower in the bracket. And cruising through, I think it was pretty much chalk in 5A, so we'll go ahead and say the Lithia Springs win outside of Creekside beating coffee. Yeah, I agree with you. Not a whole lot of surprises. Some three seeds beating two seeds, but that happens every year. Yep, and then we'll go to uh, Quad A, and obviously I think a lot of folks in Quad A are looking at Hateville Charter knocking off Jefferson 12-10. Uh, Winston Gordon always battle-tested. I know a lot of folks will sit there and look at that larger number to the right of the dash when it comes to Hateville Charter going into the playoffs, but they went to Jefferson. It was a grinder. They got a win 12-10, and I think that really that one is the one that stands out in quad A more than anybody else. Hateful Charter, and then the fact that below them, they're going to have to go to Columbus to play Carver-Columbus next week, but Carver-Columbus was on upset alert most of the night. They were down 7-6 until the fourth quarter. Eventually, they did go up to win 22-7. No surprise. Maris still in it, though. Coach Chadwick, mm-hmm. man, what a season he's had. I mean, they just continue to be so dominant, and it just Coach Chadwick just makes me smile. Yep, it's one of the <laughs> one of the one like, of the legends, grandpa. no doubt, one of the legends here in the state. And they put forty nine on Cedar Shoals, and I know that we'll get into what possibly could happen down the line with Maris. But Maris, once again, upper right in your quad A bracket, mm-hmm. part and parcel to what's going on. Triple A, you had a four seed. Uh, get the Duke. Stevens County goes to Rockmart, beats Rockmart 27-13. And so that one, I think, shines. I think the fact that Cedar Grove put 79 on the board against White County to sit there and remind everybody why they were one of the top-ranked teams in the classification in AAA. So the upper sections of your bracket, upper right, Stevens County, upper left, the number that was put up by Cedar Grove. Yep, and no no other big surprises there for me. All right, double A, John. Uh, let's see. Double A, I think that you're looking at one of the, and this is one of the things that I've maintained, is that double A, I don't think there were necessarily any surprises, but I think it's one of the most stacked classifications across the board. We'll get into that one uh, you know, as we come back after our two interviews previewing this weekend. But you know, you get to see some folks get wins. 
that are traditional folks that are traditional powers and good storylines. Harrelson County, the region champ, gets their win under Coach Peavy, knocking off Chattooga 34-7. Bleckley County, they were on upset alert too, Hannah. Uh, they were down to Early County, and it took a fourth-quarter comeback for Vaughn Lasseter and the Royals to get the win over Early County in what would have been another four knocking off a one. But Bleckley County stays uh, unbeaten as they get Callaway in round two. Hey, I love Fannin County making a run, too. Uh, they made it to the quarterfinals last year. Mm-hmm. Second round, obviously, they're headed to this year. Fannin County up there in Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. I I like them. They're, they're a team that I've got my eye on and that I am following that game against Fitzgerald. So it should be a, a really fun one. No, All right, no class doubt. single A public. Okay, I was wondering where you were going to go first. So we'll go public. And once again, it was a 1-4. Manchester knocking off GMC Prep. Great season for Coach Coleman and everyone there in central Georgia. But Ma- and Manchester, an atypical four seed, a very, very tough team. They get the win 20-8. to eight over uh, GMC, so you look at that one, and I think that that one is one to take an eye on, and then you look at Warren County, the Screaming Devils of Warren County knocking off Chatco, and we know how competitive Region 5 has been all season long, but Warren County at home in Warrington beats Chatco by the score of 42-7. You also had Turner County on the road at the Shamrock Bowl beating Dublin by the score of 38-36 and a back and forth, so big win for Turner County on the road as well. Oh, John, my Cinderella story, GMC. Yep. It comes to an end. Yep. I'm actually I'm actually sad about that. I'm obviously not pulling against Manchester for any reason, but that's a big upset. It's a one versus four. But Manchester traditionally really very, very, very tough four seed in Manchester. Just so happened mm-hmm. that as a program, they ended up as a four. And once again, not afraid of anybody as a four seed. Manchester goes and gets the Duke at GMC Prep. So big win for them in Class A public. Class A private, probably the ones that peek out at you because most of it was fairly uh, chalk, and what I mean by that is that the higher seed won. Brookstone as a three, going to Whitfield Academy and beating Whitfield Academy by the score of 14-10. They get Prince Avenue Christian in round number two. So a lot of a lot of the favorites winning in Class A private. Good stuff, John. All right. Overall takeaways from first round of playoffs before we bring our guest in. Um, I can't believe it's already this time of the year and i'm excited to be on the broadcast i i, I don't think i've missed a first round playoff broadcast in in six years <laughs> oh well and i guess probably the biggest thing is that there were a couple of classifications that had some top 10 teams in them you had yeah. fitzgerald beating dodge county in double a you had creekside and coffee that was our game of the week in 5a you had creekview losing to Carrollton in 6a and then you had walton beating Colquitt county in 7a well, another one of those surprises we talked about in 3A was four-seed Stevens County knocking off one-seed Rockmart 27-13. to Let's welcome in our very first guest. That's Indians head coach Wesley Tankersley to talk all about that upset. All right, Coach, how were you able to pull out such a big upset in the first round of the playoffs, beating the Region 6 champs in number 9 Rockmart on the road? Amazing. Well, we've just got uh, a lot of uh, great young men and a lot of a lot of really good coaches, and, and we play a really tough schedule. We already uh, played uh, the AAA number one and number two teams in, in the whole state uh, this year in um, in Monroe area and Oconee, and so you know we were really close in those games and, and battle tested going into going into that game, and uh, felt like that we had a good shot going in. Our guys were real confident. 
Now, Coach, you know, you mentioned that region that you're in. I mean, this is some stout competition, and you're a part of this whole mix. What did you learn about yourselves in region play, knowing how tight and competitive it is, that you could carry into the third season? Well, yeah, I think it was just the confidence as much as anything. I mean, we, uh, you know, we were winning in the fourth quarter versus Monroe area. We were tied with Oconee at, at halftime. I mean, you know, both of those games, you know, could have gone could have gone either way with a player two here or there. And I think that was just kind of what we tried to learn from that is, you know, make sure our preparation is just a little bit better, uh, make sure our focus is just a little bit better so that, you know, when we have chances to to make those uh, one or two plays that we need to make to win the game that we do that. I, I felt like they did that last week versus Rockmark. First time back in the playoffs since 2018. What's so special about this particular team? Well, they're just uh, very resilient. A lot of these kids, uh, you know, especially our senior class, um, you know, went through a one and nine season two years ago. A lot of them were playing on the varsity as, as sophomores and and you know quite frankly at that time uh, they just you know they weren't physically uh, ready for that but you know we that's that's who we had and so they played and they gained the experience and you know went through the school of hard knocks there in in, in a in a tough region in a tough area and they just continued to to work and and keep a positive attitude and get better uh, the last two years and and you know this year they're seeing uh, the you know good good fruits of of their labor when it comes to a road trip like this, where you're going from basically one end of the state to the other, I guess this is my behind-the-scenes logistics question for you this week. When it comes to putting together a road trip where you're having to go from Tacoa to Rockmart, I mean, that's pack a lunch, a dinner, and maybe a midnight snack trip. How, how much of a challenge is it to deal with the logistics of a trip like this while you're trying to prepare for a game like this all at the same time? Well, I mean, that's kind of uh, what I'm doing today, uh, you know, doing the same thing again for Burke County. So, uh, you know, it's really kind of taking up my, you know, my whole Monday. Uh, it did last week, too. But, you know, I've got a really good coaching staff, uh, really good offensive defensive coordinators that, you know, that 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 I try to let coach. Uh, you know, obviously I know what's going on, you know, have a lot of input on, on things as well. But, you know, I, I let them take it and, and, and go with it many times. Um, and then, you know, that allows me a lot more time to, to deal with the logistical aspects of things. And, and you know, it just works out a lot better that way, uh, especially this time of year. I was just about to say you're about to be back on the road, headed to Waynesboro for the second round of the playoffs against Burke County. Another big road test. How are these massive games affecting your players on the road, or, or are they just that battle-tested that this doesn't matter, all the travel? Well, you know, I hope it doesn't matter. I hope, uh, you know, hope they're battle-tested. Uh, you know, we, we've been able to, uh, you know, to win uh, – I think we only lost one game on the road this year, um, you know. So they they've gone into some some pretty good atmospheres at North Hall and Madison County and and, and some of those places, uh, Habersham Central, and, and taking out wins, you know, from those places as well. And then um, you know we're just trying to embrace it, um, you know, just talking about being road warriors and and. You know, everybody getting on the same bus and, let, and let's get together, you know, make sure we're all in on the same bus, we're moving in the same direction with the same goals to try to win this football game and focus on this football game. 
All right, time to talk about uh, Stevens County here for a little bit. And one of the things that we like to do here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is kind of share the state with the rest of the state. When it comes to Stevens County, when it comes to Tacoa, what does football mean to that particular part of Northeast Georgia? Well, when I first took the job here, I mean, uh, you know, you come in and you, you start interviewing and, you know, the first thing I noticed when I came in were all the signs everywhere, you know, signs on the businesses, signs in the yards, you know, go Indians and, and you know, go Stevens County all over the place. You got cars riding around with the, you know, with the Arrowhead and SC logo, you know, all just about every car seems like. And, you know, it just means a lot, to, uh, you know, a lot to the community uh, to see their teams do well and, uh you know we're we're blessed uh, to have a lot of great young men and and women here at uh, Stevens County High School and 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 they've definitely represented uh, very well this year. Along those same lines, for those who don't follow Stevens County as well as people in the biz do, tell us about some of your top playmakers. Who are the guys that make this team go? Yeah, you know, offensively, uh, we have a quarterback Ben Stove. Uh, he's a junior. Uh, he kind of. Uh, is the leader on that side, uh, done a very good job this year uh, at running back. Uh, we kind of, you know, uh, as the year has developed, we've kind of developed a two-headed uh, monster there with uh, a junior, uh, T.J. Everett, uh, who, who uh, you know, is the older one and more experienced one. But then uh, we also have a uh, freshman, uh, Javen Gordon, that, uh, you know, the last four or five weeks has, has really come in and done a great job too. So those two guys are splitting a lot of time there, I think. You know, on Friday, I'm pretty sure TJ had about 33 carries and Javen had around 20. So, uh, you know, those two guys are doing a great job uh, there. Cameron Lacey is uh, a wide receiver and a defensive back for us uh, that, uh, you know, I think on Friday had 100, 158 yards uh, receiving uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, you know, he can, he can score a touchdown at any time. Um, you know, our offensive line has done a great job. I really can't hardly pick out one you know, one person on, on, on the offensive line, but uh, the whole offensive line has been very physical. Uh, and I think both sides of the line of scrimmage, uh, that was one of the, you know, one of the things that helped us on Friday was I felt like we dominated uh, on the offensive defensive line. So our defensive line defensively has played outstanding all year. Um, and, you know, those guys, uh, you know, or either making plays or they're, you know, keeping, uh, you know, keeping the linebacker free to make plays uh, as well. Um, you know, defensively, um, got uh, Corey Ritchie over there that plays corner. Uh, he's, he's got a bunch of interceptions this year. Bryson Tremere uh, plays free safety for us. He had two interceptions uh, on Friday. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, is probably one of the leading tacklers, uh, you know, in the state. So, Got a lot of guys that I could sit here and mention. I mean, it's it's been a total, uh, you know, it's been a total team effort to to make our program from where it was two years ago to to where we're at right now, and it's uh, you know it's very exciting. What's it like to have a freshman contribute as much as Javen has so far, especially at this part of the season where every game's importance is magnified? Yeah, I mean, it just, it, you know, it helps our running game in particular uh, just because, you know, when one of them, you know, when T.J. gets a good run, we're able to get fresh legs in there. When Javen gets, a you know, a good run, we'll get, you know, T.J. back in with, you know, with some fresh legs. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, 
he's done very well this year. I, we we haven't had any, you know, any reservation about him being a freshman and getting in there. He's just a very good kid and and, and you know very very talented. And and like I say, him and TJ both have uh, you know the last the last few weeks played very very well. We've also asked every coach this, so we'll keep the tradition going in the playoffs. There you go. We have a segment on recruiting 2021 that's called Make That Kid an Offer. Is there a player on your team that is overlooked and underappreciated and someone that you would say, you know what, he needs he needs an offer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've got a bunch of them. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to sit, uh, you know, sit here and say our quarterback, Ben Stowe, was – you know, done great. TJ's one. You know, just looking at older guys, uh, like I say Bryson Tremier, that uh, the free safety, and he's just had a, uh, gosh, he's just had a huge, uh, you know, huge year. I think I had actually uh, turned in uh, Cameron Lacey's name earlier in the year, but uh, fortunately for him, uh, you know, uh, about a week ago he, he did get an offer from Middle Tennessee State. So nice. just got a lot of those kids. Yeah, got a lot of those kids like that right now that are just playing really well and just kind of right on the cusp of, I, I think, getting some offers, uh, you know, and getting some more notoriety. I know you from your time back in Ridgeland. That's when we started, you know, trading texts and seeing each other, you know, when uh, we would come out with cameras and things like that. And now that you're over on the other end of the state, I wanted to ask how you think you have continued to grow and improve as a head coach here from all the time that you've been able to spend on the sidelines. How have you how have you grown as a coach all this time? Uh, you know, that's that's one of the reasons that uh, I came from Ridgeland over here uh, to Stevens County. Uh, you know, at the time I felt like the, the Lord was just telling me that, that uh, I needed to personally and, and with my family move to, uh, to help us grow um and help myself grow i felt like i needed to be I, I felt like i needed to be challenged more my family needed to be challenged more and and you know we've definitely uh had had challenges here but it's also you know it's it's made me better it's made me a better coach and it's made my family closer um you know during those during those challenging times and um uh, you know it's it's made our coaching staff closer and made us closer with our players yeah i think that's you know, to me, that's always been the main priority is to make sure we, we build great relationships with, with the young men uh, that are in our program. And I think that, you know, in the long term gives you a lot more longevity uh, wherever you might be coaching is, is creating those great relationships to where you build the trust, you know, with your players. Uh, you know, if you got that trust between the players and coaches, it takes you a long way. And, and that's probably the biggest thing is just, being able to create that trust, uh, you know, between coach and player is, uh, you know, probably where I've grown the most. All right, Coach. Well, my last question for you. We touched on Burke County a little bit, playing them on the road earlier, but I want you to preview that game for me. So another tough matchup. They're the two seed. You guys are the four seed. What's it going to take to beat them and continue on in the playoffs? Well, we've got to uh, we've got to control the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's. Uh, you know, that's what I tell our kids every week uh, that, you know, our offensive defensive line has got to control the line of scrimmage and that, you know, that helps our, helps everybody else out. If, you know, if we don't control that line of scrimmage, it makes it a lot tougher for the quarterback and running back. And then, you know, on the, on the other side of it, if we don't control the defensive line, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, then it makes it tougher for the linebackers and, and DBs. So, 
you know, I, I think that's where, you know, we've been successful at when we've won this year is we've been able to control the line of scrimmage, and uh, that, that's, that's going to be, uh, you know, a big deal. Well, Coach, congrats on the big win against Rockbart in the first round of the playoffs in AAA, and you're heading to Burke County in round two. Coach, as always, thanks for hanging out with us over on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll be keeping an eye on you this week. Good luck in the second round. Well, thank you, and go Indians. One interview down, one to go. Next up, here we go to 7A, catch up with a team that we've caught up with a lot on Football Fridays in Georgia, the Raiders of Walton. Big win for them against Cockwood County down in Moultrie last week. Here's our interview with head coach Daniel Bruner. All right, Coach, we are not calling your game against Colquitt an upset, but the score was certainly surprising, 41-17. How were you able to beat the Packers by such a big margin in such a big game? Well, you know, we had a good night. I mean, the boys played their tails off. They prepared all week the right way, and, you know, the ball bounced our way. Um, and when you do all those things and, you know, you got a pretty good ball team, anything can happen. And, and you know, we forced some turnovers that, that resulted in some points and, you know, it was really in all phases, uh, offense, defense, and special teams especially that, that sparked us. And uh, we were able to run away with it a little bit there. But, you know, we, we feel like we can be a darn good football team when we put everything together. And um, if we don't, we're vulnerable any, any Friday night. So just glad we were able to follow that all the way to the fourth quarter and, and, and finish it off the right way and, and move on to the second round. Are you able to enjoy a game like that at any point? I mean, where you can just be on the sidelines and see everything humming along the way that it was in a game that it was as important as this one is. Can you sit back and enjoy it for half a second at any point? Uh, I mean, you know, i tell you what I did enjoy is we were able to get, you know, most of our guys in that game at the end. Uh, I think at that point I was able to take a sigh of relief and, you know, it's a pretty happy moment, but, you know, there's there's no rest for the weary at this point in time. And it's one of the things I wanted the, the guys to celebrate and enjoy it, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's it's fun, but, you know, we got to get ready to go for Archer. And um, it kind of reminded my coaches is, you know, we control the tempo of this. And if this was our only objective was to win a first-round game in Colquitt, we're never going to be prepared for that second-round game. So we're just – trying to make sure we're, we're staying level-headed and staying steady. And, again, going back to preparing the exact same way we did for that first-round game. Um, it's hard to do that if you're living on cloud nine about a first-round victory. Very happy, very big for our program. Uh, I tell you, going down there last year paid dividends to us. You know, we went down there in the second round, and we're in a ball game 7-6 to six at the very end of the third quarter, and it got away from us, and we ended up losing. But how we traveled, how we conducted our, our day uh, – it, it really paid dividends because we learned how to travel to South Georgia and be successful. And uh, we didn't change a whole lot this year in how we did things. Um, and it ended up working out for us. So uh, just, just proud of the moment for our program. But again, we're, we're on to Archer and getting ready for the second round game. Tell us about some of that travel routine down to Colquitt. Your next game will be at a neutral site. So no home games in the playoffs so far. What are some of those things that you learned last year when you were traveling down there that you guys implemented this season? You know, we got the kids in early to school. Um, our principal let us have them the whole day, so we were able to get them up here in the morning, uh, feed them a little bit of breakfast. Uh, we do yoga every Friday, so they did about a 35, 40-minute session of yoga before we stretch them out, wake them up a little bit. Um, you know, they took a bag to lunch on the bus, and uh, they were able to sit and eat uh, whenever they wanted, got to Macon. Uh, it was about two and a half hours after that. So two and a half hour bus ride down to Macon. Uh, 
we ended up going to Mercer this year. We were we were over at Veterans uh, last year, but uh, similar area, similar vicinity to the city. Um, so we ended up getting there, getting off, finishing eating, doing our walkthrough, got back on the bus, went to Longhorns and Tifton, and then uh, we headed on over to the stadium, and it was it was perfect. Ended up getting over to the school at 5 p.m., which is our typical time for a 7:30 game to arrive at the uh, uh, at the facility, and and ended up really working out well for us. So. Again, we didn't want to change anything because we felt like that was such a good piece to our plan last year. Um, had a lot of discussions with a lot of people that had gone down to Colquitt and played games down there, where we set our tent up, how we uh, do our sideline was important, how do we get away from uh, some of the craziness down mm-hmm. there and, and make sure we're staying focused in on what the what the task at hand was. And, you know, so we, we did a lot of the same things and some things a little bit better, I feel like, this year than we did the previous, so... Worked out well. So Longhorns is the secret. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be we'll be back there Friday. (laughs) Awesome. So let me ask you this. When you introduced yoga to the program, how many sets of rolled eyes from teenagers did you get when you first said, Okay, we're gonna do yoga here? What was the initial response? Well, uh, we started it back before I got the head job here. I was, you know, working as a strength and conditioning coach and doing special teams and I was working under Mo Dixon, and um, you know it was a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a little bit of a discussion for him to understand what we were doing. But he <laughs> yes. trusts, you know, Mo's an intense guy. Yes, he trusted he is. in what I was doing and and believed in what I was doing with the boys. And and then as soon as we started doing it, he saw the value. And, and uh, you know, so we haven't really changed that with with how we do our things with our boys in the weight room. And um, I'm I'm huge in, in how we prepare our bodies and how we recover our bodies and. I think that matters, especially to get to this point of the season. So uh, it's evolved. I was running it back in the day, and now I'm fortunate I have uh, a couple of local ladies from uh, Peach Out Yoga. Shout out to them for coming in and helping <laughs> us out. Um, but they come in and do a great job with our guys on Fridays. And I think now, you know, our, our kids are really enjoying it because they see the benefit in it. Um, and for me right now, it helps me out tremendously because I can kind of prescribe what we need, you know. So before we got on the bus to go down to Colquitt, you know, I wanted a lot more stretching. I, I didn't care if the heart rate got up a little bit. I wanted them to actually work a little bit to wake their bodies up before we sat on our butts for hours um, versus a normal Friday. It's a lot more low-key. We're trying to get their bodies into a parasympathetic state and, and, and that rest and recovery kind of mode. Um, so when they leave out of there and go on to lunch, they're they're in a very low-key state and getting ready to build for the night to come ahead. So anyways, they, they're the experts and all that. I kind of tell them what we want, and, and they do a great job with it. I was going to ask, are you a yogini now, too, or are you, are you a, a disciple of yoga a as much? yogini? What is a yogini, John? <laughs> I think those are the like the actual, that's the official name for the instructors, or the, they're certified yoga instructors. I think wow. they're yoginis. I think that's the right word. But are you as, um, are you as deep to, into I, it? I'm not deep into it. No, I mean, I, I do stretch. I do believe in, in getting my body prepared in those things. Um, they, they give me a hard time because they want me to come over to the studio. And I, <laughs> I you know, I, I, uh, I'm going to try to find some time this off season, but, um, you know, I, at this point, uh, I can't say I'm an expert. Um, I believe in it. I think it's very good for athletes. And, uh, again, for preparing your body throughout a, a season that we go through. All right, Hannah, go ahead. Yeah, my husband won a state championship way back in the day in baseball, and they did it all the time. So there's something to it. Well, I know that Colquitt's in the past. We're looking ahead to round two against Archer. Uh, Like I said, neutral playoff area. What is going to be the key to getting past them in the second round? 
uh, you know, we're going to have to stop the run. <laughs> we're going to have to stop the run and, and, and stop big plays from happening. And, um, you know, they have a very efficient offense. Um, you know, they've, they've had a pretty tough schedule whenever things are rolling in the second half. Uh, they got a good offensive line, very good at the line of scrimmage, uh, good running backs. Uh, and some really good skill guys out wide. And, and so, you know, it's, it's hard to just man those guys up and, and trust you can do that without stacking the box. It's you got to pick and choose. So, um, you know, those are the keys for us on defense. We're going to be able to stop the run and, and eliminate big plays from happening. And, you know, offensively, we just got to continue to be efficient, protect the football, um, and build on some of the things that we've been doing. And, you know, there's there's some frustrations at times because, you know, we, we've got a really good offense and we – you know, I don't know that we've played our, our 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 complete game on offense yet. You know, we've done some really really incredible things, and we got an awesome offense staff that got those boys prepared, and we got a very good group on offense. And and you know, the beautiful thing is, I still think there's more out there for them. Um, and and I hope we continue to build and see that as these weeks go on to the playoffs. But you know, they have protected the football. They have played tremendously up front. Um, obviously, the skill guys have done a great job, and our quarterbacks have done a phenomenal job. So. Um, you know, we just got to continue to build on the things that we've been doing offensively, and um, and I think we, we will. Um, I really do. I believe in this group. And, you know, one of the things that just kind of lit me up was we went through it on, on fourth down last week. It was a, you know, big fourth down, and, you know, they converted. And, and I got a lot of trust in those guys and, and the coaches and the players. And um, I spend more time with the defense than I do the offense. So, um, you know, it's 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 something that I see continuing to grow, and, and hopefully we'll continue to see that growth throughout the playoffs. But, you know, that all being said, we're facing a very good Archer defense. I mean, a very good Archer defense who's who's given up minimal points game in and game out. Um, they are they're aggressive. Um, I think they present a lot of different pictures that, that you're going to have to kind of study and understand. Um, so our offense has got a big challenge ahead of them with the defense that we're going to see out there on Friday. That's for darn sure. Daniel Bruner, the head coach of the Walton Raiders, hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for another couple of minutes. When it comes to the playoffs and the playbooks, when it comes to offense and defense, do you add things this time of year, or do you try to shorten the playbook a little bit when it comes to to what you're trying to to give the players this time of year? Do, do you widen things out, or do you kind of condense your playbook a little bit? I think the scope gets a little bit more narrow because you kind of start to understand more and more what your identity is and what you're going to have to do to be successful this time of the year because, you know, this time of the year becomes a little bit different than early in the season. You know, teams are a little bit sharper. Uh, you've got to be more efficient when you do have the ball in offense, and you may not score every time you touch it, but the field position matters. That's tremendous at this time of the year. Um, you never know what the weather is going to look like. So um, I, I think being a complete team is, is critical, but the scope, I think, gets narrowed in. And not to say that we don't add stuff and add wrinkles, uh, to what we do week in and week out, but but yeah, for sure you you got a better understanding of what your personnel looks like this time of the year. You're you're you might not look the same as you did in week one or two because some guys are banged up, or you maybe move some guys to different positions, um, which we have. I mean, we've done all of the above, and it it really has created a little bit of a different team than we were early in the season. We know about some of your big playmakers. Feel free to shine a light on them again if you would like. But we do this thing on recruiting 2021 where we like to pick out an underdog on your team that's underappreciated or overlooked. Is there a particular player on your team that you don't think has enough offers that deserves some more looks? Uh, sure. I mean, I got a lot of those kind of guys. I'll highlight one that had a huge play <laughs> for us Friday night. Um, Kay Thompson, um, you know, he's played safety for us. Uh, he had a huge, he had a huge night. He was our defensive player of the game. But one of the things he did that was so huge for us is, 
You know, they went into a wildcat deal on the goal line. Uh, we have a young linebacker, Ashton Woods, knocks the ball out at the one. It's laying on the ground. Cade sees it, scoops it up, and he goes about 97 yards for a touchdown. And, and that really kind of sealed the deal for us and, and put that thing a little bit out of reach for, for Colquitt. Um, but he's been a tremendous player for us. He started since his sophomore year. Um, he does have some Division three offers to uh, Barry College and a few others. Um, but I, I really think that he's got, you know, a lot of potential to have success at the next level. He's a phenomenal student, phenomenal young man, but um, he's been playing really well for us. So I definitely would like to highlight him. Coach, you got one win down in week 11. Now it's time to go to week 12. You're going to be getting a chance to go up against Andy Dyer and Archer this weekend, round two of the state playoffs. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. You're now going to have us all diving in to find out about the values of yoga as we continue to go here in the postseason and going forward. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, pulling the curtain back on what's going on at Walton. We'll be keeping an eye this Friday night. Good luck. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate what y'all do. Good stuff from Coach Bruner. What mm-hmm. a game that was. Conquit Walton. Walton's playing Archer. That's definitely on my games to watch list, John. I know what your scoreboard's going to be looking like. I know. I am already filling out my games to watch for counting the kickoff. Um, besides that, and besides our game of the week, which we're going to preview in just a minute, Man, which ones do you have your eye on? Um, all of them. Hello. I mean, <laughs> uh, North Gwinnett and Brookwood in 7A, I think, is one to, to keep an eye on. You're looking at Roswell North Cobb in the upper right in 7A. Uh, Norcross has to go to Lowndes. That's one in 7A to keep an eye on. When you're flipping pages quickly here, 6A, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with the uh, Really, Westlake and Kennesaw Mountain. I'll go with that one in 6A because of what we're seeing with Caleb Carmine, who I covered, who I covered with his from when he, when he was a when he was a player at Shorter University. Covered him in the NAIA, and so uh, Kennesaw Mountain and Caleb Carmine, and they are hosting Westlake, so that's going to be a tough one for Westlake having to go on the road in 6A. In 5A, Warner Robins and Cartersville. No brainer, absolutely no brainer. It is a rematch of the state championship game from last year, so I'll go with Warner Robins and Cartersville. Calhoun and Ware County also in 5A. That is low right as you're filling out your brackets. You've got Blessed Trinity and Woodward Academy. That one's also in 5A and quad. Can Hateville Charter continue their run? They have to go to Carver-Columbus. We talked about that earlier in the show. So that one's going to be an interesting one when you look at uh, can Benedictine. Can they continue their uh, massive offensive output, putting 59 on the board against Thomas County Central with that game against Marist looming? But Marist has to get past LaGrange upper right. Bainbridge hosting Northwest Whitfield. I think that that game might be over by the time that uh, we're back for the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast next week. Oconee and Crisp. You know, Hannah, I always talk about those angry two seeds. (laughs) Yes, you do. Oconee County is an angry two seed, but they have to go to Cordell to take on Crisp in AAA. Ringgold and Thompson. Ringgold has to go on the road. Uh, Peach County, Monroe area, low right. Peach County having to go on the road to Monroe area and Kevin Reach's team. That one's going to be an interesting one as well. In AA, your favorite bracket in AA, your favorite quadrant, mm-hmm. low left. Love it. Fitzgerald has to go to Fannin County. Mm-hmm. And in a rematch of last year, and then Lovett and Putnam County. So can you? Well, you mentioned Lovett. So Lovett and Putnam County can Putnam County continue their unbeaten run? 
Fitzgerald, Fannin County. Keep an eye on that one. You've also got Callaway and Bleckley County in Cochrane. That one's another one to keep an eye on as well. Jeff Davis and Rabin, Heard County in Thomasville. Double A is stacked in single A public. Lincoln County has to go to Irwin. And can Manchester continue their run as a four seed? We keep an eye on that one as well. Brooks County on the road has to go to Washington to take on Washington Wilkes. Metter and Sly County, that one is in Metter. And in Class A Private, you're looking at Eagles Landing Christian and Athens Academy. You're looking at Trinity Christian and Athens Christian. And a lot of uh, and Calvary Day and Wesleyan Fellowship Christian and Pacelli as well. Pacelli announcing also this week that they'll be heading to the GISA starting okay. next season. So they are uh, they are going to the GISA starting in the 22-23 year. So I think in the next re, uh, re, uh, region reclassifications, those are the words I was trying to get out. So Pacelli will be joining <laughs> the GISA as well. Another team leaving the GHSA. Yeah, we got to get into our reclassification podcast soon. But in 7A, you chose Norcross Lounge. You're forgetting one. I am. Number eight, Marietta. Okay. Travels to play number Why three, Why do you think Milton. I left it out? So that way we could talk about it. It's our game Two of the week. Two of the week. state's oh, most on. successful Class A, 7A programs. And it's our game of the week, See, I li- See, Commander Sandy, I love how she <laughs> said, so you forgot a game. Not like I wasn't trying to leave it open for a tease or something. John forgetting a game, that would be... Uh, <laughs> that's an oxymoron. Yes, I forgot a game. Absolutely. That's exactly what I did. I left it open. But no, it's going to be a fun one. Mar- uh, Marietta and Milton. And Milton has been an absolute juggernaut. We get to see LT Overton. And if you haven't seen LT Overton, one of the defensive forces here in the state of Georgia, Marietta's, uh, Marietta's offense is going to have a challenge going up against the, the front four of Milton coming up on Football Friday's kickoff a little after 7.30 on Friday night. Recruiting 2021 with the interviewer of the stars, Hannah Gooden, Matt Stewart, and myself. That will start our programming at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I'm so excited about this matchup. Two teams that have been to the state championships recently, Marietta 2019, Milton 2018, eager to get back. This is going to be definitely the game of the week, and I will be back on set Friday. Mm -hmm. I will be back a part of the broadcast. It's a miracle. Um, So I'm I'm very excited for this one, John, and and I'm very excited for all of the bracketology. I got to watch you and Nikki go through all the bracketology (laughs) last weekend, and that was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was. It was fun to have all those coaches from all around the state. I think uh, Danny Britt from Benedictine was in the backseat of a car. Uh, had a lot of his co- lights kept going. His lights kept going. Out. I know. It's like you know, you have to keep the door open for more than thirty seconds, or the lights gonna, or the lights gonna drift on you. So uh, it was fun to catch up with all the coaches. Uh, looking forward to catching up with a lot more coaches this week on the post game show. Brought to us by our friends at the Governor's Office of Highway Safety, and uh, it's just going to be absolute fun. It's the second round of the playoffs, Hannah, and yeah. you know we had half the field cut away from round one, and we'll have it again happen this week. But remember. All of the games are on Friday. It's mm-hmm. they're not going to have Saturday games unless it was approved or Thursday because of facilities uh, with the GHSA. The Friday Saturday split was because of officiating crews and the sheer number that are needed. All of the games, yeah. unless it's agreed to by the two teams, are set for Friday this week, and it's Friday all the way through. Oh, and uh, we've got a we got the coin flip to talk about too, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Last thing on my mind is the coin flip. So it happened. Yes, it did. What happened? I'm trying to dial up the information quickly here. So, of course, you you asked me what happened, and I had the information laid out. And let me see if it was, was it this one? So, was it this one? What uh, Lower bracket won the coin flip for the following round. So, for the quarterfinals, 
lower bracket when uh, it will be hosting if the seeds are equal. So lower half of the bracket will be hosting in the nice. quarterfinal round for Thanksgiving weekend. Nice. Well, good stuff. So what else is on your mind before we go? How, how are your allergies holding up? Oh, I'm just trying to take it a day at a time, man. Okay, my immune, system, all right. my immune system is not cooperating with me this fall. Okay, so Commander Sandy, she dropped a cliche immediately. She dropped a coaching cliche in there. Don't we need to have like a dollar jar or something? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we sure. do. We need to have a we dollar start jar. start a jar. And then at the and then at the end of the, the the end of the season or the end of the calendar year, we take the jar and donate it to a, a cause or something. Yeah, that's a great idea, John. Idea. That that that's a really good idea. We first should do that. dollar in the jar comes from you, by the way, for not wasting right. any time dropping a coach's cliche in one of our sound bites. Break I can probably go ahead and put a twenty in the jar, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're about five weeks out from having these twins, and immune system is is shot, and I'm just trying to take it a week at a time, day at a time. Um, but I am going to be back into the office in a few days. So I'm excited. Looking Next. forward to that. $3? That's $3 in the jar, have we decided? Okay. Yep. Right. Okay. Okay. So $3 in the That's jar fair. from Hannah for the first round of coaches' cliches that were dropped in the show. So for a uh, an allergy-challenged Hannah Gooden, for Jake the Snake, for King James, and for Commander Sandy, I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks to Wes Tankersley, the head coach at Stevens County. Thanks to Walton head coach Daniel Bruner. Thanks to you for hanging out with us on however you are accessing us, large device or small, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the gram, I think, as the kids say these days. I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your games. We'll see you Friday night. <laughs>